Welcome back to the Pen Talk Science Podcast. Today, we'll be explaining and discussing the implications of a technology that blurs the line between creativity and machine, artificial intelligence art, otherwise known as AI art. As you might know, artificial intelligence has been a hot topic in recent years. There tends to be a lot of obscurity about what it actually is. Merriam-Webster defines artificial intelligence as the capability of a machine to imitate intelligent human behavior, which in this case, that behavior is producing a work of art. The basic idea is that when you type a prompt into the computer, let's say, a quick brown fox jumps over the lazy brown dog, then it should spit back an image of exactly what you typed. And you can add additional descriptions, like if you wanted the image to look like it was painted by Da Vinci, or instead look like a cartoon. This is what is known as text-to-image task, where your text input should be translated into a final image. So how exactly can a computer produce an image just from a string of words? Well, it works surprisingly similar to how we learn to draw objects from memory. The first step is to get enough examples of words that correlate to a certain object. For example, I could give you a book of dogs where you will see different kinds of dogs, but you still know they're all a dog. As you flip through the book, you get a better idea of how the word dog relates to the overall patterns that make a dog a dog. The AI art program undergoes a similar process, known as training. We give the program millions of text image pairs to study. The millions part is important. You need a lot of data if you want the program to accurately reproduce objects. The program then compresses the information. When information is compressed, you basically throw out all the details you don't necessarily need to know, while retaining the most important features of that object. So, in very abstract terms, if we were to compress the idea of the dog, I would ignore things like fur color, body size, etc., and instead focus on things like the head shape, four legs, and a wagging tail. Now, the program has an idea of how various words translate into images. Our model is trained. So let's say I now give it a new prompt to draw a frog sitting on top of a pyramid. How does a trained model take all its learned associations and create a new image that captures all the things I asked for in the prompt? Well, the words are fed into a generative adversarial network. This model is built in two parts. The first piece, or the generative part, creates new images based on the supplied text. The second part, the adversarial part, asks if the generated image is real or not based on the real images present in the labeled dataset. For example, the generative model recognizes frog, sit, and pyramid, and produces an initial image, which is inspected by the adversarial component. This process continues until the adversarial network is fooled into thinking the generated images are real. Only until the past few years has AI art developed to the point where even amateurs can use programs to produce decent works of AI art to form images in a relatively short amount of time. Some of the most popular programs include Dolly 2, Mid Journey, and Stable Diffusion, all of which were made publicly available only within the past year or two. The first modern text-to-image model was introduced in 2015 by researchers from the University of Toronto. It was known as Align Draw, and this program could generalize objects that weren't in the training data, such as a red school bus. That was a good sign, because it meant the program wasn't just memorizing images from the training set, but was synthesizing the information. More work was done in 2016 when generative adversarial networks were incorporated into text-to-image tasks, creating visually plausible images. They also used more diverse data to train their models. While still an improvement, these images were, quote, from a distance, encouraging. Encouraging doesn't sound very encouraging, does it? And lacked coherence in their details. Yeah, so AI really has to come a long way in what it can accomplish, but there are still some areas in which it struggles. Currently, AI art is good at focusing on one single object and can place the object into complex scenes and apply specific art styles onto the image. Yet, it struggles with multiple objects with different attributes, like a dog-like Picasso shaking hands with a realistic frog, or abstract subjects such as the Philadelphia Eagles logo eating a hot dog, 
or the fourth Jonas Brother? Correction, fifth Jonas Brother. Anyways, with all these advances, has AI art really reached the point where it can replace human art? Let's see what the people have to say. We sent out a survey asking how much AI art replicates man-made art from a scale from 1 to 5, 1 being extremely unconvincing and 5 being indistinguishable. A majority of our respondents marked a 2, with about the remaining half split between 3 and 4. This is a pretty interesting result. It seems that people believe they can really distinguish between real art and something generated by AI. So if many people still think that AI art doesn't replace human skills very well, why are these technologies so popular? Well, for one, AI art allows people who aren't necessarily technically skilled in visual arts to quickly produce high-quality images. It also allows the user to explore different art styles and subjects, combining ideas in a way never before possible. One example is an image generated from the prompt, an astronaut riding a horse by Hiroshige. Hiroshige being a Japanese artist from the late 18th century. You can find the image on our Twitter and Instagram pages, at PenTalkScience, with one S. It's a really interesting work that effortlessly frames a very modern subject in a much older, antiquated setting. That echoes what one graduate student here at Penn commented on the survey. Honestly, most of it is really funny and entertaining. They have some AIs online that you can request a picture of X plus Y plus Z together, and it will generate something kind of crazy for tout. Other respondents noted. Quick and easy, but specific reference art for things I'd never pay for. I believe AI art has the potential to become a means of aid to human artists, as opposed to a potential challenge. I thought one response from this survey was quite interesting. It reads, I think it is a cool new media that, if used correctly, will lead to further forms of expression. My concern, however, is that AI art will be used by companies to decrease the number of artists they hire for design and marketing. This brings up one of the many controversies that are introduced by AI art. Let's get into some of the weeds and talk about why this technology receives as much criticism as it does praise. Let's start with the issue that we previously discussed. The major concern here is that as AI continues to improve, it may one day replace the people whose livelihoods depend on producing creative work. Some might say that transition may already be in motion. Earlier this year, there was an uproar about an incident at the Colorado State Fair's annual art competition, where a man named Jason M. Allen won first place, $300, by submitting an entirely AI-generated piece. On one side, you have people mourning, quote, the death of artistry, end quote, and calling Allen a fraud and proposing as an artist since a computer generated the image. On the other hand, there are those who defend Allen by comparing AI art to digital image tools and arguing that the creativity is still needed to come up with a good prompt. There's also another big question at the middle of this debate. AI requires reference images to train off of, and many of the images in training data sets have been mined off the internet without explicit permission. So if these training images include work off of other artists, do they deserve compensation whenever someone profits off of AI art? It's such a good situation, especially with respect to copyright. Moreover, artists often don't even receive explicit notice that their art has been used to train in AI. Greg Rotowski is a Polish digital artist whose work is renowned in the distinct style and high fantasy concepts. His name has also become a popular term for prompts. His name has been used over 90,000 times as of September 2022. While Radikowski has admitted that AI is a, quote, cool experiment, he also notes that it looks to threaten the career of many artists. Since the takeoff of AI art, many attempts at addressing the onslaught of legal and ethical criticisms. For instance, Stable Diffusion, one of the aforementioned amateur-friendly programs, essentially trusts the user will agree to use the software without breaking any laws. In another attempt to mitigate the unsolicited usage of human artwork to train AI, Holly Herndon and Matt Dryhurst developed a website called Have I Been Trained? where an artist can check if their art was used to train Stable Diffusion and Mid Journey. 
As we know, laws move slower than technology they aim to manage. The U.S. Copyright Office has thus far ruled against awarding copyrights to AI systems themselves based on previous cases based on divine inspiration and the infamous monkey selfie debacle. Yet recently, the office has granted a graphic novel featuring AI-generated art as copyright, making a distinction between AI systems themselves and humans using an AI to produce media. AI-generated art also brings into question the increased risk of misinformation, given the possibility of producing hyper-realistic images in such a short time span. AI could also be used to generate images of those with plenty of reference photos, such as celebrities or politicians, and misrepresent them as real photos. Another survey respondent notes another concern about AI art, stating, AI art terrifies me. If AI art is able to grow to the point of facial composite drawings for crime recognition, I fear the future of our society. For instance, facial recognition technology used to identify suspects has on many occasions been proven to not only be erroneous, but biased too. The careless incorporation of AI to generate facial composites could pose similar issues. All these concerns speak to how we as a society are still learning to grapple with new technologies and their implications. But where will we go from here? One of the biggest questions is just how much will AI art improve in the next few years? And will any improved performance only exacerbate the issues already emerging? We asked how closely people thought AI art would replicate human art within the next 10 years from a scale of 1 to 5, with 1 being not very close and 5 being really close to human renderings. Remember, when we asked respondents about the current abilities of AI art to replicate humans, the median score was a 2. Now, there's an even split between 3, 4, and 5, meaning that in 10 years, our respondents believe AI art will be indistinguishable from human artwork. We followed up by asking whether people believed an AI could replace human artists again from 1 to 5, with 1 being not very likely to 5 being very likely to replace humans. Interestingly, most of our respondents answered with a 1, meaning that despite the replicability of these systems, humans will still be useful. So while AI art is becoming more accessible and powerful, it also brings with it many important ramifications to society. It really highlights an ongoing question of the relationship between technology and humanity. At one point, the scientific progress tipped the balance between benefit and harm. AI offers a lot of benefit and convenience, but it's important to always consider the implications when it comes to new technologies. Here are some of your reactions to AI art. I'm Xin. I'm a master's student now. I'm learning uh, building and information technology. I did try out those tools or uh, forms to uh, produce some artworks using some artificial intelligence platforms. Uh, we helped to uh, produce some paintings using uh, different keywords. I don't have a strong opinion, you know, you know, positive or negative. I think it might be useful. It might be productive in the future. As in the field of art, I don't think it can um, be really powerful. Uh, I still think it can never replace or cannot can even approach the level of humans. I'm Rohan Chaya. I'm currently a junior studying bioengineering. And I'm also in the Accelerated Master's program. So I'm also a first year student in data science. Yeah, so I've interacted with it a little bit. Like I have the license for some pretty common softwares like Dolly 2 and Midjourney are pretty common AI art softwares. And then I also TA the machine learning class on campus. So we talk a lot about applications into this AI art realm. And it's been really amazing, honestly. It's really crazy how the art is so realistic and it's like really imaginative. I think the big differentiating factor between AI art and human art is AI art tries to be realistic, like true to the true, true to the prompt it's given, whereas human art in the, the modern sense is more about capturing emotions, 
and experiences over realism. So I think that's probably the biggest obstacle where AI art has to figure out how to express emotions as opposed to just pure realism um, or like trying to answer the question. So I think it did, it will take some time. Um, that being said, given that it's really exploded in the last, you know, even five to 10 years, we've gone from like stick figures to full-blown like oil paintings, um, really shows that like, I, I truly believe that in 10 or 15 years, it definitely will be like rivaling human artists. Do you think AI artists can be called like real artists? I would say yes. The fact that, you know, they're making art, um, sure, like, is inspired by like, you know, their training data set of all the images in the world and it's by a prompt. But to be honest, that's kind of the same process that all artists also take. You know, they draw on their past experiences, their, you know, training set, if you will, um, and go to answer a prompt, which is, you know, whatever they want to paint that day or whatever they want to make that day. So like, I, I believe the process, like it may seem foreign or it's like, it's just solving an algorithm. But uh, at the end of the day, like the process is very similar, drawing on past experiences to make a finished product. Hi, what's your name? Christiana Del Vecchio. Christiana, what's your job title? I'm a senior art director at an ad agency. Christiana, what's your uh, experience with AI art or artificial generated images? So not too much experience. It doesn't directly align with what I do at my job. I've seen it in play and I've experimented with it and seen other people utilize it to create art pieces. So I saw that you posted some pictures on Instagram of yourself through AI art where you, you had yourself in different images. What app was that called and like what's your experience with it? It's called Lenza. So basically I uploaded 10 to 20 images and it used AI to kind of generate these art pieces in different styles. Do you think it's going to replace your job in 10 years? I personally don't think it's going to replace my job just because we don't utilize art in that kind of style. Um, I do think it could potentially be a threat to artists, people who paint, mixed mediums, things of that sort, as there can be unauthentic stylistic choices and imitation happening. So there could be an authenticity problem. But it could possibly be a tool used in graphic design when you can't find a niche kind of photo, when stock websites don't have exactly what you're looking for. So it has a place, but not for everyone. This episode was brought to you by the Penn Talk Science team. The graduate student science communication podcast here at Penn. Zarin and Hannah are affiliated with the biochemistry and biophysics department. Ryan is part of the chemistry department. And Diego is part of the cell and molecular biology program. Information for this episode was based off of articles from the Medium, Popular Science, the New York Times, and Technology Reviewed, and Wired. To see the full list of sources, or if you want to suggest a future episode, share any thoughts, and keep up with the podcast, make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at Penn Talk Science, with one Thank you for listening.